Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent, and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. This is The Baseline, discussing the hot-button topics of the NBA. Welcome, everybody. You're tuned to The Baseline. Cali Warren Shaw discussing the hot-button topics of the NBA. So much drama in the air we see. It's kind of hard being game face, L to the double E. And, of course, alongside of me, you know, I got to roll with my right-hand man, 50 grand NBA aficionado, Dimac contributor, uh, former Dimac contributor, writer for www.shawsports.net. Hopefully he ain't got no beef with them, but certainly is ready to talk about beef that's happening in the NBA. My brother from another mother, Mr. Warren Shaw, ripping out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Holler back at me, Mr. Shaw. Are you ready for this week's show, man? It is jam-packed and full of the good stuff. It's lit as a kid saying, man, and it's going to be a great show. Salute, salute to all the fans and listeners of NBA Baseline. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great week. A lot to discuss. Got, got a great guest coming on the show as well, too. But as my man said, some beef, some things that we, we got to cook up. 
and see what we can get into, um, especially in that edition of the drop. Can't wait to jump right in, my dude. Can't yeah, wait. man, we have a great show lined up. In a little bit, we'll have our girl, Julie Smith. She is a contributor for the Wiz of Oz blog site that covers the Washington Wizards. You can catch on Fansided. She's going to help us break down the Washington Wizards. Have they become an elite team in the Eastern Conference? She'll be on board to discuss that. In our segment of The Drop, we have an important trade that we're going to discuss with two teams that are vying for uh, or jockeying for position in the Western Conference playoff picture we'll talk about that trade and then we'll also talk about the big stuff that's happening so far beef is the big topic man heat 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 all over the place between players between organizations we'll get into the crux of the kevin durant return to okc and the situation that's recently taken place with charles oakley and the new york knicks organization so a lot of stuff to get into we cannot wait to dig in we want you to sit back relax get ready to download and discuss with us be sure to get my man at Show Sports NBA or get at me at Game Face Lee. We encourage you to get the show's Twitter handle at NBA Baseline. Available on all the major platforms. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Microsoft TuneIn, Player FM. Available on Google Music. You can also catch us simulcasted on 16 Wins a Ring. You can also catch us on NBALead.com. And big ups to our peoples of Sports Brothers, uh, Fox and Fre- Freeman and Fox. Those guys, Monday through Friday, covering South Florida sports. They simulcast the NBA Baseline to give you the goods discussing the NBA. BA and everything happening in the association. So we're going to get right into it. You know how we do. You know how we roll. It's time now for the breakdown. Time to break it down. Break it down to the bone gristle. Time now for the breakdown. Cal Lee, Warren Shaw of the Baseline NBA podcast. This week on board to talk Wizards basketball. And we have to talk about the Washington Wizards. They have... I mean, it's completely night and day what we've seen this basketball team transform from at the beginning of this season to what we're now seeing is what we're now seeing. And we haven't even gotten past the all-star break, but someone who's definitely got their finger on the pulse with what has happened with this Wizards basketball team. We have our girl, Julie Smith. She represents the Wiz of Oz blog site. You can catch on fans cited. Also, our Twitter handle at Jen's Rules. Jen, thank I'm sorry, Julie, thanks. It's kind of funny. I'm sitting there ready to say Jen when I really should be saying Julie. <laughs> Julie, <Either> thanks. <laughs> thanks for joining us this week here on the Baseline NBA podcast. Thank you for having me. All right. So you're there. I'm sure at first sight of seeing this basketball team in the first three weeks, you're ready to pull your hair out and start burning effigies and possibly even finding a way down to the basketball court to break Scott Brooks' glasses and then all of a sudden, <laughs> this epiphany happens, and Bradley Beal, John Wall, makeups to breakups, they all give each other the bro hug, and the Washington Wizards are now the best team in the Southeast Division. We got to ask you, how is this happening? First of all, they, as you know, they started off really bad, and they just couldn't win games. Even the games that they're supposed to win, they lost for some reason. And even Scott Brooks said, like, a different team would come out after the second half. Like, they'd play great the first two quarters at the beginning of the season. And after the half, they were tired, and they would just give away games. So I think the one thing that changed most is they were able to play defense. Defense was non-existent at the beginning of the season. You'd see turnovers. They weren't rebounding the ball offensively or defensively, defensively, and they weren't protecting the ball. And then, of course, when Gortat, Gortat said early, March and Gortat earlier this season said they had like the worst bench in the NBA. Of course, Scott Brooks had to make him apologize because Brooks came off playing the bench when he played in the NBA. 
and show that there's only one team here. And then they just started playing as a unit together. And Scott Brooks told them straight up, he said, look at the name on the back of your jersey. you got to stop playing with pride. That last name on the back of your jersey, you're playing for your family. So they just started playing healthy, started playing defense, started grabbing the rebound, started guarding their man. They just started playing, just returned to basic basketball fundamentals. So I think that was the main change. And also they started playing with confidence. Like, even though people were like, oh, man, this is the Wizards, they should take the season trade John Wall, all these other things. And they're like, no, we're going to stick it out. We don't care what people are saying at this point. We're a team. We're going to play like a team. This is a team that we have. We didn't get, you know, we didn't get Kevin Durant. We didn't get Al Horford. This is a team. And we're just going to do our best. And that's what they did. They stuck it out and they turned it around. And of course, Scott Brooks had something to do with that. And I think I want to touch on, you know, Brooks and Gortat, their their relationship and even their, their conversation regarding this bench, because this Wizards team, all five starters mm-hmm. play play over thirty minutes a night, and that yeah, the does seem to does, yeah they lack lack a lot of depth when it comes down to that. Where mm-hmm. are they going to get the requisite help they need from this bench? Because at some point, I know Beal was supposed to be on a minutes restriction, and and I, I you know like when imitation you know kind of comes to life, if you well, I traded him on my fantasy team, I was like, your Brooks is running this guy here way too many <laughs> minutes. Beal can't <laughs> Beal's not going to be able to handle this all season long. Where is this team right. going to get some help when it comes to the bench support? Okay, so sometimes I would say Kelly Oubre, he did start when Marquise Morris, and I think that was a, what you see is the bench production has been sort of weak. They've strengthened, I mean, it's been a little bit better in the last, I'd say, two or three weeks. But you saw on Monday when, like, the Wizards battled, like, it was like a battle for the ages against the Cavs, and they almost beat the defending champion. When you come to Wednesday, they're playing the Brooklyn Nets, the worst team in the East, and Marquise Morris was out with a sore calf. So Kelly Oubre had to come up off the bench and start for him, and he went zero for five. So the Wizards don't have a sixth man. Like you see with the um, Spurs and the Warriors and other teams, they have like a deep bench. So if one starter is out, someone can come off the bench and fill that void. The Wizards don't have that, and they need that. They'll get into the playoffs, but they won't go deep in the playoffs until they get someone else added to that bench right now. So definitely the bench needs bolstering because right now, I wouldn't call it a weak bench or the worst bench, like that said, but I'd say that production-wise, they're not really helping the Wizards right now. Julie Smith joining us here on the Baseline NBA podcast, contributor for the Wiz of Oz uh, blog site. You can catch on Fan Sided. Uh, Julie, I want to kind of touch a little bit more about what we're talking about here with this Washington Wizards team, and and the and not just the bench scoring, but what also the starting group is is doing. And you brought up some really great points with reference to the fact that this basketball team needed to get back to the rudiment fundamentals of playing defense and. Earlier this year, when we did our predictions, I I basically said that one of the reasons why I felt like this Washington Wizards team was going to be a sleeper team um, simply because of the fact that if this this team cohesively is one of the few teams where they're starting five is all together, despite Mm -hmm. a lot of the Mm -hmm. changes that have taken from the offseason, the one thing that this team was lacking was their ability to play consistent defense. And so now I'm Mm -hmm. just sitting there pulling this up on teamrankings.com, and the Washington Wizards are one of the top six teams in the NBA when it comes to holding their opponents in fourth quarter points per game. And so when I think Mm -hmm. about this, I'm saying, all right, so these guys understand, they know what it takes. My question is, though, when you look at this starting five, is this a good enough starting five to compete with the better teams 
in the Eastern Conference. Like we've seen this basketball team look really good through courses of the regular season. They find themselves in a nice seating. But when it comes to actually playing through the the most important stretch, which is when you get to the playoffs, this team seems to fall short. Do you do you buy into this starting five that Brooks works with to say that these guys are going to be competitive against the better teams in the Eastern Conference? Absolutely. I believe that if Rockies Morris, if we had picked up Rockies Morris earlier last season than we did, we went 41 and 41 last season. And then when we got him, I think we got him in February. If we had got him earlier than that, we definitely would have made the playoffs. And two, Bradley Beal only played 55 games last season. So that's another reason why we didn't make the playoffs. So we had, we were missing two valuable pieces in the starting lineup. So now we have both Beals who's been playing healthy, confident. You know what I mean? He's a knockdown shooter from the three. And we have Marquise Morris. And last season, Randy Whitman straight up would tell Gortat to his face and to other players that they're soft and they don't know how to play defense. And Marquise Morris is like just bringing this toughness. Like he's a guy that you want at work. He brings his lunch pail to work every day. He just does his job. He's not scared to defend anybody. He plays bang, bang basketball underneath the net. And as good as Otto Porter is, he's number one league for three-point shooting. He's just, and he does get his rebounds, but when it's like a 50-50 ball, like when he's really going against other players just to grab that rebound, he just doesn't have, I think he's, he doesn't really have the strength that Marquise Morris has. And I feel like he's just, just, he's just a great rim protector. So I think the sound fire we have now with Wild Beal, Gortat, Keith, and um, Porter, I think we definitely go into the playoffs. I think if we just had that one added piece off the bench, just one more piece. And I just wrote an article today about Ricky Rubio, who they're shopping around. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to that one. I I, I oh, have sorry, some interesting sorry. things. No, 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 no. But that's fine. I'm glad you're you're <laughs> walking us through the process. I like that. No problem. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, if we just had that one more because you know, you, John Wall can't play. He, he just came off double knee surgery last right. summer. Even last season, he should have been sitting out from the games, but he didn't even want to sit out games. Even just recently, he said, like today, Scott Brooks is giving the day off before they played OKC tomorrow. And normally, any other player would take tomorrow off because he has like a small foot injury. And John Wall said that he wants to give the fans what they want because this might be the only time the fan gets to see him play. So last season, he was playing through his injuries. So I think that if the team stays healthy, we get the added one more piece off the bench as true sixth man that we can go deep in the playoffs. And, and if you saw on Monday what we did against the Cavs, I think we are definitely a contender. And I think before everyone thought it was the Celtics or the Raptors that the Cavs have to look at. But, no, the Cavs have to turn around and see his Wizards at their back. You know what I mean? That's the one who's really going to contend for the ECF cha- um, championship. Big words and tough talk here from our girl Julie here talking about these Wizards and throwing the gauntlet down on the Raptors and the Celtics as potential number two teams <laughs> in the Eastern Conference. And one question, you know, and it kind of even going back to the piece that you wrote, but even to your conversation about Marquise Morris. Now, Morris is uh-huh. the guy who was very much maligned last year. I mean, it really is what a difference uh-huh. a year makes and, you know, being on a uh-huh. different team and not having all the pressures that he had on him in Phoenix and really uh-huh. being really third, fourth, whatever option. He's just not option one. You know, in Washington, oh, he can no. just and do his thing. But regarding this bench, do you think there's an opportunity there maybe 
if they were to move Marquise to the bench or they can have somebody with some support, because you're not going to put Beal on the bench. You're not going to put Gortat off the bench or whatever the case would be. I don't think any of those guys fit. Maybe you can look at Porter. But would you think about maybe you moving one of those starters to the bench so that the production can be a little bit better? Or are you looking for Ubre or somebody else to step up unless a trade happens? I'm looking for Ubre to step up. Because if you look at Marquise Morris, he knocks down three-point shots, like crucial um, minutes of the game. And he, like, whenever you watch the game, like, when the second quarter starts, it's Morris out there with the um, second unit starting the uh, second quarter. And it seems like the only time he's ever sitting down during the game is when he's in foul trouble. He's there from beginning to end, first to fourth quarter to the fourth quarter. He's consistent. He defends. He um, knocks down threes when it's needed. He's there for the rebound. I think he's – I think – Aside from John Wall and um, Bill Shooter, I think I know people are going to say Porter because he's the has the number one three point shooting right now in the league. But I think Morris is the third best player on the Wizards right now. That's my opinion. I know people will be disagree with that, but that's my opinion. I think he is what they needed. He's a toughness that they lacked last season. I think that he's what they need to bring them further into the playoffs this season. Julie Smith joining us here on the Baseline NBA podcast. Be sure to check her out on Twitter. And she is not afraid to tweet her thoughts about her Washington Wizards uh, <laughs> at, at Jen Rules. Um, so, so and, and, and this is great because now that we're actually talking about what the, the Wizards may or may not need, Julie, here's my thing. And, and it's interesting okay. because when I read this article, it's a great article. It's a great piece that you have. And I and by no stretch of the imagination are we going to put you in Trump mode saying that you're lobbying for the Wizards to make a play for, for, for Ricky Rubio. But when I read and I this. I also did one for Roger Rondo, also from Chicago Bulls. But go ahead. <laughs> okay, hey, and, and listen, by all means, if you want to cover all the extremes, I have no problems with it. But what, what it sounds like to me is, is that you're addressing a factor that is necessary to the backcourt mm -hmm. for this basketball Absolutely. team to be the missing Absolutely. piece. So I want you to kind of delve a little bit into it and even and even kind of, you know, kind of go into why you see it's either Rubio or maybe a Rajon Rondo that's going to help. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Put this basketball team in the position that you think they're capable of being to make this real playoff run for this year. 
Okay, I don't believe Trey Book. Trey Burke is good, but I don't believe he's a true point guard in the sense that he's a solid backup to John Wall. I feel like if John Wall is down, I say one game, two games, we're going to lose. You know, I don't think he's a solid backup. I think we need a solid backup. Roger and Rondo, he's a championship player, all-star, four-time all-star, championship team with the Celtics. I know that people say he's a cancer locker room. He has problems with, you know what I mean, his coaches and things of that nature. But I think under Scott Brooks' leadership, I think he can sort of end John Wall's leadership. I think they can rein him, Rondo in. I think he'd be a true point guard. He's played defense. He's good at, even with his size, he's a good rim protector. And Ricky Rubio, he's doing well this season. Just last Friday, he, Zach Levine's out with an injury. He just scored a double-double. He's doing very well. And earlier this season, they just weren't playing him. They were getting a lot of DMP CDs. He was just sitting on the bench. And they actively shop and to trade him. I don't know if they're going to trade him now that they need him now that Levine's down. But I think he needs a true. That's the thing that was the mission. One, the bench. The bench, they definitely need to bolster the bench. They don't have a bench. They're not like the Spurs, the Warriors. They don't have a deep bench. So if someone goes down, there's no one to fill in that position. Or if someone needs rest during the game, just, you know what I mean? Whenever the status sit, sit and the um, second unit comes up, they're losing points at that. You know what I mean? And they don't – I mean, John Wall doesn't get time to rest. You know what I mean? He should be resting in the fourth quarter. Like, we hardly ever get garbage minutes. So we definitely need, a, like, a solid backup point guard for John Wall. And the Wizards are over the luxury tax right now, the luxury cap right now. So I think Rondo would be a steal. I'm not putting him down like he's cheap in that nature. But I'm just saying trade-wise, he's cheap. I mean, I think they want to give away Rondo at this point, unfortunately. And Rubio has a pretty expensive contract, and I think the Wizards should be willing to take that hit if they really want to go further in the playoffs. I think we'd see an immediate return on his um, investment, and I think we need the bench and a solid backup to John Wall. Because we have shooters on the team. We have Beal, he's a shooter. We have, you know what I mean, Morris, he's a shooter. Porter, he's a shooter. But we just need a true point guard backup for John Wall. I mean, he needs rest. Double knee surgery. He needs rest. He's almost playing the most minutes in the NBA right now. Well, this Wizards team, as you alluded to, is very good offensively, um, especially, I think, in terms of efficiency, second to field goal percentage um, amongst mm-hmm. the leaders, fifth, um, sorry, sorry, seventh in three-point percentage with Otto Porter, as you've alluded to, being the lead leader in, in, in that mm-hmm. category, and Markeith and Beal and all those guys have been healthy. But defensively, you know, I think as you alluded to, they, they have some, they have, they've, they've come a long way from, from, from the beginning of the season. And I want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about their interior defense and the role of Gortat. Um, and I think he's gone through some ebbs and flows over his career in general and definitely in his time at Washington. I think last year was a little mm-hmm. bit of a down year for him, um, maybe because mm-hmm. you know, deal was out so much. So he felt a little bit more pressure to take some of that responsibility on. But he put up some nice lines, but talk a little bit about what he does defensively and his combination with Morris down there on the block. Okay. First of all, John Wall and Gortat are a great tandem. Like, anytime Gortat is under the basket, like, John Wall does that no look pass, and Gortat knows it's coming, and once he dishes it, Gortat is there to put it in. Secondly, whenever Beal misses his three or John Wall misses his long two, who's there for the putback? Gortat. He's there for the rebounding. He hustles for the ball on both ends. And people don't really give him that much credit. Like, a lot of articles aren't being written about Gortat because he's always there. He's so constant. Like, he's something that's always there that you don't even think about it. Like, but he's been very consistent, I, I believe, for the Wizards. 
But at the same time, though, when he's going up, up against other bigs like Dwight Howe and all these other bigs, I do sense, and I know I'm going to get some pushback on this, but I do feel like he is a little intimidated, and I do feel like other centers, some other bigs don't actually fear go attack. So he does lose some of the um, rim protection when he's going against other bigs, but for the most part, I think he's doing a good job interior-wise. Fearing the Polish hammer. Oh, my goodness. Who'd yes. Who would have thunk I mean, it? Seriously, there's players around the league that, you know what I mean? They he does, listen, don't... he doesn't He doesn't roll up. He doesn't roll up to the uh, to, to the, to the training uh, training camps of the OTAs <laughs> in a tank like he did when he got that, that contract extension. So right. I think he needs right. to get back to being that kind of Polish right. hammer uh, right. to really right. solidify that front court. Well, like so, Beal says, that we're black every game like Beal, they did for the Celtics games. I don't know. <laughs> not touching that one so um before we get out of here you know definitely with with your input and you know thank you so much for joining the show this week what thank is you. your overall predict prediction and projection of this team you know i know you're talking about maybe second second seed in the eastern conference perhaps and you know and holding on to the southeast division but how many wins and how many games behind cleveland do you think this wizard team finishes I think they finished probably are, are they five games behind now? I think they're going to finish about three games behind Cleveland. I do think they'll meet them in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think it will go to Game Six or Seven. I really do. I think if we just get the backup of John Wall, for the sixth man, someone off the bench, another piece, I do think they'll go. I think they'll be there in the Eastern Conference Finals. I do. Well, wow, Joe, that's I mean I do. It, I think I think this is it. I just so think, this I is, just feel that this is their time. This is it. Like everything's come together. It just it didn't happen overnight as progression. Like you said, we started off bad, but it's just all come together. It just means from that one piece. And it's just their time right now. I just feel it. So and and just want to make sure that I'm clear about this. I mean, mm-hmm. this is on the shoulders of their GM. You're you know, I mean, ultimately to me, what it's really sounding like is is that while this is a great basketball team and they can only go so far, a move definitely mm-hmm. has to be made for this basketball yeah. team by the trade deadline mm-hmm. if there mm-hmm. is, they're going to show any commitment that they're about this team making this push this season. If you don't see them make a move, how how disappointed would you be? I mean, are you going to are you going to like basically slay the GM on your on your blog? I would be so disappointed. This is, I mean, John Wall cannot have another wasted season. This, I would be, he worked so hard. The team has worked so hard. I mean, you can't, the, even the fan base has stuck with this team. I would be absolutely disappointed. You can't do that. You just can't, you know what I mean? They raised their ticket prices last season. I just don't see them have justification to doing that, especially at the fact of the season they had last season. You can't, they worked too hard this season, and they had to do something. I mean, they're doing what they're doing on the court, so the front office needs to do what they need to do off the court. That's how I look at it. All right. That's our girl, Julie Smith. You can catch her. She writes some fabulous pieces on the Wiz of Oz site. Uh, catch it on Fan Sighted. But you can also catch her on Twitter, at Jen's Rules. Julie, we really appreciate you hopping on board for us and kind of giving us a little more insight on one of the more dangerous teams that is now <laughs> putting themselves you. on the map, that being the Washington Wizards. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right. You're tuned to The Baseline. Cal Lee, Warren Shaw discussing the hot-button topics of the NBA. And this was The Breakdown. Yeah. 
Callie Warren Shaw of the Baseline NBA podcast. And uh, first, big shout outs to Chub Rock. I mean, we could not have selected a better song to basically bring up the topic we're about to discuss this week in the drop. Um, alongside the other topic that we will discuss about the recent trade that's taking place here in the NBA. We got to talk about this, man, because I know myself and Shaw, man, we, we've been feeling some kind of way about the drama that has erupted over the last week or so. And, you know, everybody was kind of building, built up this, this pent up energy about, you know, Kevin Durant's return back to OKC. But man, if you didn't already see what's been unfolding with the New York Knicks organization, with owner Dolan and Charles Oakley. I mean, for us to not chime in on this, we'd be doing a total dis disservice for the fact that we have a podcast that discusses NBA basketball and not bring this situation to light. So let's first dig our heels in with the aftermath that took place with KD's return back to OKC. And Shaw, to your point, man, the OKC fan base was not afraid to let KD know how they really, really felt about him. I mean, you talk about trying to put icing <laughs> on a brother's name, <laughs> calling him Cupcake, wearing Cupcake T-shirts. I mean, they they basically went all in on KD, maybe not to the degree of LeBron James, because I didn't see as much effigies being burned and craziness going on prior to that game as much as when it when the announcement was made. But the fact that the fans really let KD know how they felt about his decision to move on to the to Golden State, you know, clearly it's going to take some time before KD warms up back to his old crowd. It is. And, you know, it's ironic. The Thunder didn't help their, I guess, help the cause, if you will, with their bizarre policy that they don't do video tributes and things of that nature, too. So it was really contentious um, coming into this into this game. And the Warriors definitely had KD's back. KD was a little nervous to begin to begin the, uh, the outset of the game there and missed a couple of shots, but definitely got it going. Russ was everything you would expect him to be. He was a ball of energy, a ball of fire that was coming at coming at that Golden State roster um, as hard as he could. But at the end of the day, listen, Golden State's just a better team. And it's ironic that KD, um, despite all the angst and all the buildup for that, his team has beaten <laughs> beaten OKC three times now and roughly has none of those games have been close. Uh, but there was a lot going on, I think, in the crowd. And everyone kept saying this is probably the most exciting blowout that we've watched in the NBA in a very, very long time. Yeah, and and... I want to go back to something because I saw two sides to this. One side could definitely lend more credence that while we often talk about Kevin Durant's demeanor, um, we talk about whether or not he's somebody that kind of shrivels um, in crunch time. I got to tell you, I'm seeing something completely different from Kevin Durant. And this is not just from what I'm seeing stem from what happened when he first encountered Russell Westbrook in the Oklahoma City Thunder. And obviously those first, two, I, you know, I, I have my feelings about the scheduling, the fact that, you know, uh, we had to wait until February to be able to see this matchup in OKC. But when I look at Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant has something in him, bro, that I don't know if it would have ever came out if he continued to play for the Oklahoma City Thunder. There's like a level of disdain um, I, I don't, I, I don't know what's the best word, but it probably is going to have to be something we're going to need to look up for our word of the week come next week, Shaw. But when I'm thinking about Kevin Durant, I mean, this is Durantula with a lot more poison in his it, poison venom in his veins when he sees teams that he either doesn't like, players that he doesn't care for, 
or whoever that he's playing against. Um, and I think that that might lend well to what the Warriors seem to have lacked, you know, when they play against a team like, say, like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, what I like about KD this year is that he knew he was going to have to bring it, right? He was going to be judged for his decision, you know, whether side of the fence you're on on it. He understood, at least in that regard, that he was going to be judged for it. And he's done everything he can possibly do to take care of basketball in the best way he knows how to. And they asked him after the game against OKC, in OKC there, you know, oh, were you happy with the performance? And he's like, yeah, you know, I scored the ball very well and I played well and I'm excited, but I've put together more complete games this season. And to your point, I think that's, you know, that's exactly what he's talking about. He's been a complete all-around basketball player where he's switching on the pick and rolls. He's playing great help defense. He's coming over, blocking his more shots than he ever blocked in his entire career in the passing lanes, using his length to get steals, and even playing a different type of offensive brand where he's posting up a little bit more, playing more, being more involved as the pick man um, in, in, in pick and rolls, all those things, all the little nuances that he's needed to do to become a better player and to kind of, in, in essence, uh, get rid of that cloud that that people were going to have over him for going to the Golden State Warriors and failing to compete in air quotes, if you will. He he's he's answered those questions by playing and investing himself in his brand and what it takes to be an elite level basketball player in the NBA. I got to tell you something before we get ready to move our our and shift our attention more to the situation that's happening with the New York Knicks and the ownership and Charles Oakley. I got to tell you, Sean. One other thing to add on top of this. Um, that I'm seeing from Kevin Durant is I'm wondering if Kevin Durant is measuring his resolve and his legacy as a basketball player to that of someone that he plays within the same position as he does, because I feel like that to me is part of the missing link with the Oklahoma, uh, with, with, with the, um, with the Golden State Warriors in relation to the Cleveland Cavaliers. As much as I think that the Warriors, if they played the type of defense that they're capable of playing, they should beat the Cleveland Cavaliers because on paper, when you look up and down the lineup, they really should be the better basketball team. I look at what Kevin Durant brings to the table. And if you notice so far, Kevin Durant has been really quiet when it comes to those matchups where the Golden State Warriors may have, quote unquote, a rivalry, so to speak, against the opposing team. But I'm beginning to start seeing something in Kevin Durant that might motivate him for us to kind of watch very closely should these two be on a collision course when it comes to the NBA Finals. LeBron James is not afraid to let Steph Curry know, Klay Thompson know, and anyone else know that he is the man. And if there's only one player that I can think of when you look at stature, height, gameplay, um, th th just the, the, the killer instinct, that could possibly come out and really kind of impose their will and change the reflection of a basketball game that everyone is kind of hoping would have happened back in 2012. This is Kevin, this, this Kevin Durant. And I'm saying, do not be surprised that if the Golden State Warriors do get to the NBA Finals, the Cleveland Cavaliers do get to the NBA Finals, that the person that's going to be talking a lot of smack is not going to be Draymond Green. It might actually be Kevin Durant to LeBron James. And that might be the, tr the, 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 the that sets the trend for how we're going to see this Golden State Warriors team perform in, in a possible seven-game series matchup against the Golden State Warriors in this rubber, against the Cleveland Cavaliers in this rubber match for the NBA Finals. Well, I think it goes to something that you've alluded to 
from the very old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex oh <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled tucson and kona as well as the spacious palisade enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with america's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get zero percent apr or up to 1500 bonus cash on the hyundai tucson now during the hyundai getaway sales event offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The beginning of this season where players are just more outspoken than they've ever been. And guys like LeBron, guys like Kevin Durant, they know their place in the league currently. They don't have to come out and hide and, you know, we're just trying to get better and, you know, all that stuff. Listen, they know they're the elite of the elite. And that they're going to go after each other um, and they can say the things that they need to say and want to say um, and, and get away with it. And not necessarily get away with it, but they don't have to run and hide about it. They are fine being themselves and, and comfortable in their skins and being more open than they've ever been at this stage of their careers. And again, I think it's a great time for, for them and a great time for us as fans and listeners and people who follow the NBA because you're really getting to see kind of the, the ilk and the makeup of these guys. And if they were to, those two were to meet and go at it, it would be nothing but mutual respect at the same time. But both guys feeling that they, they are sating and standing on their own too and fully believing and invested in things that they're talking about. Can you imagine, though, if Russell Westbrook gets a roster that might mimic what we see from the Golden State Warriors or a roster that could be considered as a top three roster with his attitude and demeanor. And then you have James Harden with the Houston Rockets there at his attitude and demeanor and all of these guys button heads in the Western Conference, like legitimately for the next two, three years. We might not even be talking about anything happening in the Eastern Conference at the rate that this thing goes. Real interesting uh, thing to note out for people who really do not understand what Sean and I are talking about, about this different Kevin Durant. You might want to go check out Bleacher Report and their Instagram page as they captured one of the quotes from Kevin Durant post this game in OKC, where he says, I actually thought the booze would be a little louder. All He's right. Trolling. <laughs> trolling them. Hey, let, 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 let it be known. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Okay, see. You're tuned to the baseline. Kyle Lee Warren Shaw discussing the hot button topics of the NBA, our segment of the drop beef. One part of it we've already discussed with regards to Kevin Durant's return to OKC. Now, Shaw, let's go ahead and run right through this situation. I think people who are following the NBA know what has transpired over the last three to five days with Charles Oakley, the New York Knicks, and Dolan, and this really kind of lends the question that you're asking. I, I think it may also ask another question, but has the Knicks organization really gone too far in their treatment of Charles Oakley with the way that they have um, 
announced and, 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 and discussed him in the headlines after he had been arrested on three counts of assault and uh, misdemeanors. Um, it's just it's sad, man, when we talk about what has happened to this New York Knicks organization um, holistically. And for now this to happen, I, I, I'm just wondering, can New York Knicks fans continue to, to, to really feel good about being a Knicks fan with what's happening right now under Dolan's ownership? Well, it's a different story every week with the Knicks, and that's what the biggest problem is. You know, we've had them talking about them being a super team. Then we've had them talking about whether or not Noah should still even play on this roster. Then Rose inexplicably misses a game and is a no-call, no-show. Then the Carmelo rumors start. Then Phil Jackson is calling out Carmelo in the media. And now we have Dolan getting involved with his long-standing feud with Charles Oakley. It's just a different thing each single week for this Knicks organization. And all it does is continue to uh, disenchantize those looking around him and potential free agents. Who the hell, if you're a free agent, is going to be like, you know what, let me go to that. Let me go over there and play with quote-unquote Carmelo, who some people may think is, is, is a little selfish or whatever. Then you want to, oh, let me go play for that. Let's go play into Phil Jackson, who's going to throw people under the bus in the media. You know, let me go play for that. James Dolan is a dude who doesn't respect one of the legendary Knicks um, of all time and is doing all kinds of side things to, to disrespect them and has firing the security manager, sending out random tweets. And I, even as we record this show today, something that it's just so, so bizarre and just so out of place where you see that they're so out of touch. Now, all of a sudden, I got a text that Dolan invited Latrell Freeball back to the Garden for the first time in 13 years after he had been, quote, unquote, uh, banned, if you will, trying to make up in some way, shape, or form for, for the, for the shitstorm he called with, with Oakley. Listen, this is a franchise right now that has absolutely no direction. Trading Carmelo isn't going to fix it. They really, well, and again, James Dolan is the one in charge, but a cleaning house is really in order from the ownership all the way down. Um, nobody's going to want to go to this team. And yeah, no matter how much money is out there, and yeah, it's New York, all that stuff, that doesn't really fly anymore if your ownership and your management is all jacked up. I, I, there's so many things that I, I want to kind of throw into this thing. And, and unfortunately, <laughs> we've got a podcast full of do topics and stuff that we've needed to discuss that's not going to give us enough time. But I'm going to say I'm going to say this. First of all, I want to give a big shout out to our boy, Daryl Brown and the Bottom Line Sports Show. They brought Charles Oakley onto their show and allowed Charles Oakley to speak his side of the story. And I always respect uh, media outlets that not only uh, give opportunity for the organizations, but also give opportunity for the you know for the others involved. In this case, players involved uh, to give their account and you know to ask the tough questions to really kind of put it out there about what it is that they feel should be discussed and, and should be heard um, when it comes to something like this. Bottom line is this, and this is just me personally. The New York Knicks really need to do some soul searching. They really do. Uh, I, listened to the, I listened to Dolan's interview on the Michael K show on ESPN um, the other day, and Everything that just comes out of this guy's mouth, I don't know if whether or not I'm able to believe it. And I don't know if it matters whether or not I'm supposed to believe it. But the fact that you have to get on a radio show to justify your actions lends more credence to the fact that you are more absorbed about saving your face and your name than worried about the welfare of your personnel, 
the people that you have involved in this situation that clearly should have been dealt with behind closed doors and really just kind of lets this whole aura about how you have no control, no discipline in your ability to keep things where they need to be. You know, the other, the, just the other day, he basically said, I'm going to let Phil Jackson continue to run things as he is. I am not going to interfere. Are you serious? Are you serious right now? I mean, if there's a reason for a guy like Charles Oakley to lambaste you publicly and, and to scream on this organization, you cannot tell me that the actions of your president of basketball operations in the way that he's been tweeting and the way that he's been acting to your superstar basketball player who you vouched and probably pressed to have on your own team. You cannot tell me that this continues to fly and you're going to expect to run this organization where you're still going to overcharge fans to put the product that you're putting on this basketball court right now. It's just unimaginable. I think about this, Shaw, and I keep saying to myself, the New York Knicks traditionally have been a basketball franchise that I consider like one of your original sixes, like, you know, in the NHL. They're one of the originals. But the ownership does not laud and keep the traditions of what's made this Knicks organization successful for so many years. And if they continue down this trend, there's going to come a point where no matter what happens, even if you were to get Dolan to sell this team to somebody else, the uncertainty about the success of this basketball team will continue to still be a question mark. And then it continues to sully when you have legendary players lost in the sauce, so to speak. Like, does it really need to take this long to bring back Latrell Sprewell to come back and play for this, uh, to come back and show up at, the, at this? There's a reason why he doesn't come back there. Because you don't treat your players right. And that's, that's something that has to be said for your ownership all the way down to the people that you hire in charge of these situations. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a mess. And, you know, I, even again, as we record, just saw something else. Dolan reached out to Vin Baker right now. I mean, saying, dude, you, you talk <laughs> about you, you talk right? about you talk about and I'm telling you, Sean, I'm, I watched the game against the San Antonio Spurs on ABC Prime on their ABC uh, on their ABC showcase. OK, I mean. John Wallace is sitting at the front row. I'm not saying John Wallace is not. I, I, I met John Wallace last summer. Great dude. Quality dude. But it's like almost like John Dolan purposely put legendary players that played for the Knicks. And when I say legendary, meaning they are some semblance that they've played for the Knicks, they contributed for the Knicks, and were part of some of the successful seasons that the Knicks have had under Dolan's leadership. Okay, or under Dolan's ownership. It's like they were purposely put in certain places that any other time when the cameras are flying around capturing all of these other superstars, they wouldn't even blink. But it had to be a point to have Latrell Sprewell and Larry Johnson sitting next to one seat behind or next to Dolan. Like, seriously. I mean, how can you not play this up and say, what a PR job for a situation that never should have gotten this ugly to begin with? Yeah, it's super staged, and, and I think that's what everybody is upset And that's about. what makes it even more sad for Dolan, in my opinion, because no matter how you want to preface this, people who understand the circumstances of what's really going on there with the New York Knicks, this to me is, again, another shab job of covering up their, inequity, their, their, their inequities um, and inadequacies of doing what's necessary to make things right, not just for the fans, but just for the organization in whole. 
so that these players have a better semblance and pride of playing as a New York Nick right now. And I don't know what's going to happen to to change their their fortunes right now. I think Melo is probably the one who's the most happy um, because the tension's kind of off of him now for a little while. Um, and you know he just has basically one more week to 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 escape and survive the trade deadline. And then hey, you know what? The chips will fall where they fall over the summer. And, you know, and the Knicks will probably get back in the news in one way, shape, or form. But right now, Melo's like, all right, cool. Now it's all about management and what they're doing and, you know, kind of the, the, the crap show that's going on up there. And he can focus on playing basketball. So this Knicks team has a long way to go. This Knicks organization has a long way to go before they return to any type of prominence. Yeah, I tell you this much, Shaw. One thing is certain. Carmelo Anthony is so happy that he does not have to be the one who's the focal point for all of what this is happening right now for, for you know, for Knicks fans. And, you know, kudos to Spike Lee. You know, he might be the most annoying Knicks fan to the to the opposition, but the fact that he was rocking a Charles Oakley jersey for that game tells me more that he is more in tune about the players that he cherishes and understands and, and he cares about, regardless of the circumstance. And once again, I want to make sure I preface this before we move things along, that in no way, shape, or form we condone in the actions of what Charles Oakley did that, that sparked this incident, okay? But I do think that there needs to be accountability on both sides. And when I listen to how Dolan has spoken on various interviews and just the sentiment that is kind of, you know, ravaged through most of the NBA community, it doesn't sound like he has an ounce of sorrow, regret, or is taking any form of accountability and is putting it all on Charles Oakley. And to me, I think that that's just sad. I think that that to me is not right. And I think that, you know, as an owner, you need to really take a look at how you you govern, how you operate, um, because it trickles down to the personnel that goes out and carries your orders, and they, they do it efficiently and effectively. And, you know, again, to me, it's an indictment on the New York Knicks, and hopefully they will figure this thing out. Uh, hopefully that they will differences will be settled at some particular point, but for right now, it is an absolute black eye on that organization, and ultimately is now shown to be a black eye uh, on the on the on the NBA in general. It'll be interesting to see Shaw if whether or not Adam Silver may have to actually step in um, and 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 counsel and talk to you know Dolan in, in how he needs to kind of think about the ramifications of how this is affecting the product and affecting the brand, and he needs to go about doing this thing a little bit differently than how he's been handling the situations with the legendary players in years past. You're tuned to the baseline. Cal Lee, Warren Shaw discussing the hot button topics of the NBA or segment of the drop as we just finished up our part on beef. So now Shaw, let's go ahead and talk about something interesting that just broke the headlines over this course of the weekend, big trade. And the reason why this is a big trade is because not too long ago, last week, actually, we had our girl Ashley Douglas, who came on board to help us to break down what's going on with the Denver Nuggets. And we talked about how, you know, we asked her, do we, does she think that this is a team that's capable of maintaining and keeping a stranglehold on that AC? And she felt very confident that this team would. Well, it looks like this basketball team uh, must have listened to Ashley because now they've gone ahead and made a trade which is very peculiar and I think deserves some, some conversation. The Trailblazers, the Portland Trailblazers, who are a game behind the eighth-seeded Denver Nuggets, traded away Mason Plumley, their starting center slash forward, and their 2018 second-round pick to the Nuggets in exchange for Yusuf Nurik, or Nurchik, and a, thank you, sir, and a 2017 first-round pick, uh, and this is reported from Adrian Wojnarowski of the Vertical. So, Shaw... 
Let me get your take on this. Are you really liking this trade for both sides? And does it strike you kind of peculiar that this is a trade happening for two teams that are jockeying for position in the playoffs for this season? Well, I think that's a great point. You know, never would you see teams this close to each other in the playoff race. So this isn't a matter of a team that's like two and a team that's like eight. This is eight and nine or basically, eight, you know, basically eight, nine and ten. These all these teams kind of keep flip flopping, trying to get in here. Portland, who has been disappointing, uh, making a move. But what it boils down to for, for Portland, I actually think in some ways they win this trade. And, you know, let me tell you why. We know they've needed some, they need some help with rebounding. Uh, and Nurkic could potentially provide that for them and give them a post presence that, that Plumlee couldn't really do for them. Plumlee is, you know, an energy guy, offensive rebounds, putbacks. But he was a great, great facilitator. So they're definitely going to miss that. But the key to this really is getting Plumlee for a first-round pick from, from Nurkic in this year's draft. That's going to allow Portland to have three first-rounders in this 2017 summer up summer draft. And this is now, supposed to be a loaded draft, too. It's loaded. Now, again, it's it's loaded primarily, especially at the top, with point guards, which they obviously don't necessarily need, with Lillard there and even McCollum, who can play, play on the ball as well, too. But what it does is put them in the position to trade one of those picks or maybe two of those picks to potentially get another star as well, too. So I would be stunned and amazed if they kept all three of these guys um, coming up this summer. I think they're really going to be very anxious to get into the trade market and see what they can bring onto this roster because we've, we've made note of this on our, on our show previously. They handcuffed themselves with the, with the contract that they gave out to Alan Crabb and then re-signing Myers Leonard and bringing and back Ed Davis. And then and signing Festus Azili. And now there's yeah. rumors that they're really trying to move Festus Azili's him in the contract. Right. So they now are trying to get from under that, you know, that, 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 that rock that they put themselves under in, in the summer. And I think this is a great move for them because Plumlee was going to, was going to be do, do money in the summer and you get rid of Plumlee and get a first round pick in this year's draft. That's expert general management. I think from, from Neil O'Shea out there in Portland. Um, and in Denver, it is a little peculiar for me. Again, Plumlee is a guy who can help them again, moving the ball around and could, could play next to Nurkic. Cause I mean, Jokic, sorry. Uh, Cause Jokic, Plumlee can just get out of the way. You know, he doesn't need to, you know, need to be in there. But now you'll have two great passing bigs, um, you know, on whether or not Plumlee starts or not, well, that remains to be seen. But they have two great passing bigs who can help facilitate that offense, especially for the young point guards out there who, who they have on the roster who aren't really there yet. Well, and, and look, I guess we're going to have to wait and see how this roster is going to play itself out. If I'm the if I'm the Denver Nuggets, I, I just think that this is a win situation. If I'm the Portland Trailblazers, I mean, clearly um, you're, you're kind of walking a tight rope. Because you still have a formidable team with Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, um, and I think ultimately you're, you were going to have to do something. I, I don't know if whether or not with the roster that Terry Stotts is working with, that at some particular point that they weren't going to have to do something when it comes to Mason Plumley, um, only because I, I, I think that it's either going to be you do something with, um, uh, you know, with the bench, or you do something with your three. <laughs> or you ultimately are going to do something with your four. Uh, I, I mean, that, that that to me is what that's going to come down to. So it's tough, though, man, because when I see how this 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 team is, I mean, the Portland Trailblazers could still easily put themselves somewhere between, you know, the sixth and, and the eighth seed. Um, and, and to give up a starter where you have continuity and chemistry at the expense of now having three first-rounders, unless you very strongly believe that you're going to make a play maybe to get a Serge Ibaka or something like that. I mean, I, I would be very interesting to see, to your point, Shaw, how aggressive O'Shea now continues to play with what he has now in his arsenal. 
to strengthen the Portland Trailblazers as it would be if you're the Denver Nuggets. This is really, this is a no-brainer because if you're really not playing Nurkic the way that you should be playing him, you're going to get definitely the kind of uh, contributions and productivity that Plumlee has already been giving you since he's been playing as a Brooklyn Net and since he's been playing as a Portland Trailblazer. So you really do not lose out on getting a guy like a Mason Plumlee for that front court uh, that the, the, the Nuggets basically have been working with that has gotten them to, gotten them to this position at this point. Right. And, and again, I think it's, it's a move that I favor Portland's side of it, but I definitely don't think Denver got you know, hose or taken to to the rail because one of the things I think Ashley had had, had mentioned on, on last week's show and things that we've talked about as well too is like, well, where exactly does this team kind of lie? You know what I mean? Like, do they really need to get another young player? So if they trade our first round pick, although, you know, whatever, you think maybe they could have gotten something better than, than Mason Plumley, but maybe they didn't. You know, maybe they didn't think that as well. Um, now they get a veteran guy, you know, who, who's going to come off their books and they can choose to pay or not pay um, coming into the summer, but they really need, they already have an, enough young talent on this roster. Um, and I think they're looking for Jamal Roy to potentially be that point guard of the future. And Moody seems to be falling out of the rotation some a little bit there. So they made a move that they feel can help them right now and that they can shed some salary as well too um, if they decide not to keep on me. So it, it's a win-win to some degree, but I still like Portland inside a little bit better. Yeah, like I said, Shaw, it's really strange. Uh, but clearly this to me shows the progressive nature of the NBA in conjunction in, in difference, say, to other organ other sports organizations and the perception of when you're trading players. Like in most cases, you really would never trade someone within your own division because rivalries would be so poignant. Or because when it comes to where a team is slotted in the playoffs, um, you know, the playoff picture or the playoff tree, you will not try to make a trade that would might that might actually strengthen the basketball team. But Clearly, you know, when you look at Portland and you look at Denver as mid-market basketball teams and to some degree the Denver Nuggets consider a small market, they are completely unafraid because really the goal is is about sustained longevity and their growth in, in, in their rebuild to be able to do this for extended periods of time. And so they're willing to go against the grain of conventional thinking in how you do these type of trades if it's going to manifest something that's going to be better for themselves, uh, uh, even at the expense of the perception of it. So really interesting that it went down this particular way. Uh, but I will say this much. Seeing Mason Plumlee there with the Denver Nuggets, he is going to be running up and down for his life. <laughs> and uh, But I think he is definitely going to be a solid contributor instantly for a Nuggets team that sits in the eighth seed. You're tuned to the baseline. Cali, Warren Shaw discussing the hot-button topics of the NBA. And this was The Drop. Time now to go coast to coast discussing the news in the association. You ready to rock and roll, Mr. Shaw? Absolutely, man. Let's ride. All right. Sad news in the NBA community. Former Syracuse uh, Boston Celtic uh, Fab Mello. Uh, He uh, unfortunately passed away at the young age of 26. Uh, This occurrence took place in Brazil. Really kind of shook the foundation while he was not a known basketball player, Shaw. Uh, it's still never a good thing, you know, when a young guy passes away too soon. You're absolutely right. I'm very sad to hear this news. And, you know, was he 26 years old and, you know, playing over there in Brazil, uh, was drafted by the Celtics and, you know, just didn't really cut out the way that they would have hoped him playing. Was supposed to be a shot blocker and a rebounder. 
and help you know be a rim protector and things of that nature all the things that the Celtics even still need to this day um, but he just didn't work out for him there and then I think he went on to Memphis and a couple other stops as well where he just never really made it back to the NBA but again you know just just a sad thing to see somebody lose their life at such a young age 26 is a very 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 young age uh, to go man and you know all our hopes and prayers are out to his family and all those who support Babylon through his career yeah definite uh, uh, again any loss in the NBA is a sad loss and it's definitely uh, rippled through the whole NBA community. So to your point, Shaw, once again, our condolences to the Mello family. Um, uh, you know, sad news also across the board. I, I want to get it all out the way because, man, this should be something hopeful to talk about when it comes to the NBA and the news is happening. But Jabari Parker, man, what a season this dude is having. I'm clearly one of those guys that you could put in the conversation for most improved. Um, again, out with an ACL tear same tear that took him um out of his rookie season and I, I, you know i'm just sad for this guy man i mean he worked so hard and you see what this what milwaukee bucks basketball team is doing especially now that they just got chris middleton back oh my god i was just hoping to see this trio start doing their thing and for him to go out with another acl tear man is just really sad he is done for the season Right, and they say he's going to be done for like a full calendar year, so we're not looking back to see Jabari till maybe the middle part of February next year, all-star breakish again, and um, again, it just sucks, you know, to see it's the same knee that, that was injured in his rookie year as well, too, and see Jabari go down after making the strides that he had made, as you alluded to, is, is heartbreaking and heart-wrenching, especially for a Bucks franchise who's, they seem to be right there, but can't get all their pieces together. Kind of reminding me now of the Pelicans a little bit as well, too. You know, having a franchise guy in the honest, like how they have AD and ones that just can't get the pieces around them to all fit and to stay healthy. So, you know, we wish him the, the, uh, the most speedy recovery as possible. But a lot of people are thinking that, you know, he may not even be the same just with this being the second injury to the same so this, the same knee. I mean, if that's the case, then that's really going to be unfortunate. Yeah, we're going to have to monitor this, obviously, as we move forward. But again, uh, we just want to wish a speedy and efficient recovery for Jabari Parker. We certainly want to see him back on the basketball court. All right, Shaw, let's talk about something good that's happening in the NBA for a change. Carmelo Anthony, despite all the negativity that's happening in New York, he continues to add another notch on his Hall of Fame resume, passing Charles Barkley for 25th on the all-time scoring list. Big up to Melo. Yeah, big up to Melo. I love his comment, you know, post-game. And somebody told him, he's like, oh, Barkley? Yeah, I mean, real <laughs> real snide, real shady, you know, because, again, Barkley has had a lot, obviously a lot of comments about the Knicks organization, Carmelo himself, and even his boy LeBron. I'm just loving our, our, our modern NBA players, man. These guys are so savvy. I just love it, man. Love yeah. it. And again, like I said, Carmelo, you, he's not a dumb guy. And, you know, and again, he's very, very witty. Um, but, you know, kudos to him. You know, one of the great sports in the NBA, no matter what you want to say about him, you know, whether he's selfish or not. Again, we had some conversation about him earlier in the show, but Melo's always been a great scorer, and I think that's something you can never deny from him. Definitely. All right. The uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers signed Derek Williams to a 10-day contract. Matter of fact, just the other night, his dreads was, was, was flapping all over up and down the, the arena as he uh, helped the Cleveland Cavaliers contribute um, in their primetime basketball game. So, I mean, clearly he's going to probably be there for the rest of the season. They need depth in their lineup. What do you think about Derek Williams? And then also the T-Wolves have signed Lance Stevenson to a 10-day contract. I, I don't know what to make of this one. Uh, <laughs> is, it, is that really a sign that Ricky Rubio is on his way out the door? 
Well, I mean, I think Lance, in the case of Stevenson, it's just a matter of Levine going down and then wanting another more help at the wing position. And he cannot score in Philadelphia the way Levine did, um, especially, you know, Waste Lance has played recently. But he is a better playmaker and gives him somebody else who can help, you know, bring the ball up around. We'll see if he sticks, you know, 10 days. And we'll see if they give him another 10 days if they sign him to the end of the year. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what to do with that. You know, I think it was more interesting that Lance had worked out for Cleveland and was potentially going to go play with LeBron, which is, which is insane. But that brings me to the Derek Williams scenario. And LeBron giving Derek Williams that that ring endorsement. Hey, he hopes he stays around and fills that roster spot. So I don't think Derek Williams is a playmaker that LeBron was talking about. But now there's also rumors that they're trying to unload the contract to Chris Anderson, who's out for the rest of the year, so that they wouldn't then open up another roster spot so that they can potentially bring in our players. David Griffin must not have heard him correctly. He probably, you know, he's 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 like he's like, oh, LeBron. You wanted Darren Williams. I thought you wanted Derek Williams. My bad, man. We'll try to see what we can do out there in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it happens sometimes. Sometimes you get, you know what I'm saying, you get the D, the E, and then, you know, everything else in the the alphabet just seems to fall apart and you don't get the right player that the king actually requests for. All right, Shaw. The NBA and Take-Two Interactive, they have announced plans to develop an E-League. Finally, the NBA is on board for putting a competitive uh, gaming league together. I mean, my God, we see Madden, NHL's got something, FIFA's got something. I'm like, yo, when is the NBA going to put something together? So big up to the NBA and take two for implementing this. I'm actually pretty excited to seeing this happen. Yeah, me too. And I think it's, it's, it's a long time coming. And I don't know that there's a, a better sports franchise out there in terms of the video game market. It's one of the most successful games. The NBA 2K series has been yeah. one of the most successful amongst all sporting video games all exactly. time. Exactly. So. I mean, yeah, Madden is Madden because football just has the hold on America that it does, but I don't think there's a better product than 2K out there. So NBA is getting it right here. We'll see all the details come to fruition in the coming months, as they say. I hope maybe we get somebody on, you know, from 2K or the NBA to even kind of shed some that, light man. on I'm it. T- I'm t- yo, we need to Jumping be on in. there. Yeah, listen, Jumping we need in. to be calling them. The call in the league we need to be the ones out there giving the play-by-play what do you say i'm with it let's do it man you know and then see how we can expand our brand um i think we we both we both played some 2k in our day you can hit me up on you know on, on the psn network um but you know <laughs> but again like, plug, insert I, hey man like i said i love to get it in you know love to play a little 2k out there with some of our boys and i think it's always a great time so hopefully this is going to be an amazing league for all the people and all the gamers out there all right well this has been an excellent show shaw i mean what more can be said uh great great insight from our girl julie smith who writes for the Wiz of Oz blog post that you can catch on Fan Sided. Um, really a lot of good things to talk about when you're talking about the, Wiz- the Washington Wizards and, and really just kind of getting really into the crux of what's going on with the beef that's taking place in the NBA. Look, man, some of it is good, and in some cases, as we presented to you, some of it is all bad. And, uh, you know, we just got to find a middle ground where it continues to elevate the game, it elevates the product, Uh, without compromising the integrity not only of just the players but the franchises that these players used to formerly play on yeah you're 100 correct guy but you know i (laughs) something i didn't get to say man i'd love to see you know those guys who made the old hip-hop beef tapes i'd love to see them do like something some sort of a documentary going back on something with kd and russ and all that i think that'd be amazing if we can get that get that popping as well oh you know we need to get our man michael rappaport on that man (laughs) michael rappaport you know he, he loves putting those documentaries together yeah, yeah, he did the first Tribe one where they had all that angst and beef going on as well, too. So, yeah, that might be a good look. Yeah, look at me, man. I'm like I'm like an executive. I'm like a producer slash executive producer for a documentary that hasn't been conceived yet that may actually be conceived. 
I, I'm missing my calling, bro. I'm missing my calling. Oh, we can ask our guy Eric too. We had Eric on a little while ago. He had the vignettes going on a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit going back in some history of NBA, you know, with the like with the Celtics and the, and the Kings and you know the run TMC and all the other things too. A lot of guys, and we can come out. You know what? We can get into this production business as well too. NBA based on productions, yo. Let's do it. Uh, I'm I'm with it. I'm totally <laughs> with it. All right. Once again, see us, man. We we building businesses on top of businesses. But just just keep in mind, our listeners of the baseline, this is about you. So it will always be about the podcast. You come first and foremost. But uh, it ain't like we don't want to be sitting up in the Golden Globes Awards. You know what I'm saying? You know, especially when you have an opportunity, you know, to sit next to Naomi Harris and all the great, you know, great, great actor, actresses that are out there and everything like that. But going left. <laughs> Sorry, time to wrap it up. Anyway, we'd like to thank our girl, Julie Smith, for jumping on board. And we'd like to thank you and yours for tuning into the baseline. Callie, Warren Shaw, we appreciate you guys. You know we do. And we'll catch up with you next time. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, the pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.